everybody, welcome to episode 245 of the Bite Me Podcast. This is our second intro because Dylan made a weird fart noise when we started the other one. And then I like, hey, Dylan I made a fart noise. I couldn't recover afterwards. There was like 30 seconds of silence, so we decided to do it again. Anyway, I'm Cliff Johnson. I'm joined today by Dylan. Say hey, Dylan, or make another fart noise, hey, I guess. Hey, Dylan. There, there you go. There's no Colby today. He is on vacation, which I guess what? we allow. Yeah, I don't right? think he took vacations. I didn't either. No, he went to uh, a very deep, cold lake. In uh, Utah, cool. Yeah, it's uh, it's called Bear Lake. It's got uh, like it's it is actually a really interesting lake because it's super deep. It's super cold. Um, apparently, it started pouring rain when he was there. Did you see any of the flooding in Utah? It's crazy. No. Oh yeah, That's like crazy. oh yeah, like in Salt Lake City, like torrents of water, like carrying away garbage cans and stuff. Like it was bad. So anyway, it's, we're not a weather podcast really. Uh, but we're going to talk. Sometimes it's hot here, Dylan. It's so hot. It's so hot. I don't like it at all. Um, anyway, we're going to talk more about uh, Blizzard and Activision, uh, including just just you know a bunch of people. It's gonna be it's gonna be fine. We're going to talk about that. Uh, the Outer Wilds DLC is confirmed. I kind of wish Colby was here because that would make him very 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 happy. But. What do you do? He went on vacation. It's fine. Uh, we are also going to talk about Half-Life getting a remaster, but not by Valve. Um, you probably don't want to buy a used graphics card. Have you ever ever, ever almost picked up a used graphics card, Dylan? No. Don't do it. And uh, we had a conversation a couple weeks ago where... Um, I don't remember which company it was. It doesn't really matter. Threatened a guy who was going to release a cheat with... Um, some sort of legal action, and at the time we're like, yeah, I don't think making cheats is illegal, right? Like, is that, is that something you can get arrested for? And uh, there is new uh, information on, um, I think, like the uh, let's see, Rainbow Six Siege. So that would be EA, no, Ubisoft, Ubisoft, and uh, Destiny hackers, um, and what they're actually being prosecuted for. So we can actually speak semi intelligently about why or why not you may not want to sell a hack. Um, I mean, like, don't do it because it's shitty, but, like, there's other other repercussions for this. We'll talk about that a little bit. We got questions from Vinny, uh, Joe Coleslaw, Mazelnut, Prime, Fan, and Ardeacon. A couple cheap free games. Nothing nothing huge, but a couple couple things. But why don't we jump first into telling me what games you've been playing. Yeah, I don't know, is this a game, Dylan? Like, this is a... This is a... This is like a commitment. It's a... It's, it's something it's an, bigger than it's bigger it's an than exercise games, program. There you go. Um, yeah. So enough people in my life, in my inner and outer circle, I guess, were raving about Ring Fit Adventure, and I was like, "Well, dang it, I'll go get the dang Ring Fit Adventure, <laughs> okay?" And then I popped it in. I was like, "Oh wow, I'm totally impressed by this." It's um, cool, right? It's pretty cool. It's it might be the coolest like it's cooler than the balance like we fit was cool like the balance yeah. board thing was cool this one is cooler um yeah. the technology is pretty neat i don't get how it works um it's magic it's magnets um it's miracles but um not only was like the technology cool but then you start kind of playing the game and you're like Oh, this is even cooler because yeah. I can. Because I mean, for those who are unaware, as I was completely unaware, 
um, it is like an exercise RPG, I guess. So you have this ring that you've probably seen, and it has just enough resistance that you will get a decent workout when you do the different exercises, and it'll have you do all these kinds of things. But they tie that into a light RPG where you are actually going to run through a world and interact with it and fight monsters, which I didn't really know that that's what the <laughs> game was. Um, like but, literally, like you squeeze the ring and it like shoots fireballs and stuff. Like it's, right, it's cool. So, and you do strap one of the Joy Cons to your legs so you can actually jog in place and move through the game. Or if it is late at night and you don't want to disturb anyone, you can use squats to run um, in silent mode. Um, but yeah, you will actually run down the path to where you're going. And if you squeeze the ring, it'll shoot an air blast or a fire blast or whatever fits within that level that you're in. But I think what kind of was kind of the, uh, moment where it kind of all like clicked was like you turn yourself down and you blast air at the ground and that makes you jump. And Mm -hmm. I was like, wow, they really really nailed this um and then you can when you you fight the little blob monsters or whatever you select a different exercise to do and that's a different kind of attack so you can do a lower body thing or an upper body thing and it'll punch or kick or whatever to the monster to um do its hit points and as you gain experience and level up your attacks will be better you'll unlock more exercises so um, they've they've really found a way to trick you into uh, being active in your home. Um, I highly do recommend this. I'm glad I um, gave it a chance because I can't imagine anyone disliking this. Um, and if it's if you're someone that just hasn't quite found that thing to I don't know spend thirty minutes exercising every day, this might be the thing for you as it really gamifies exercise where I don't want to go for a jog. I don't want to, I don't know, do simple exercises at home. I don't like going to the gym. Um, but you'll get, I mean, you'll get a decent workout in, uh, and of course you can take it as easy or as you can go as hard as you want really. Um, but you'll get a good, I mean, you'll stretch, they'll stretch you out and, kind of get you warmed up you'll do some exercises there's a clock on the screen so you know exactly how long you've been playing and exercising um the joy con can even take your uh heart rate um which is pretty wild that it's something you don't really even realize until you you play the game um and you put your thumb on the ir sensor and it'll take your pulse and it like that's pretty wild so um give it a try if if this is something that's even remotely interesting to you, or even if it's not, maybe try it anyway. Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Um, like, my literally only only complaint about it... Well, I guess, one, I feel like an idiot running in place. Like, I, it's fine. I it's, hate that's, running in place, too. It's it's not the game's fault, but I just think like, I'm so dumb. I'm like... Um... But it, it's also really squat centric, which I is it, fine. Like I mean, that's great. Like they squats are probably the best exercise you can it's do. The best single exercise yeah. you can do. But I've got garbage knees. Like yeah. it's it like after doing it once, my knees hurt for like three days. And so I yeah. really wish there was like I don't want to say accessibility options, but I guess that is kind of kind of right. what I want. I wish I could just say, hey, yeah. I, I'm not going to squat, y'all. Um, right. Well, it's it, nice it, that. 
I mean, it's nice that they figured out a way to, oh, you can squat instead of run. Yeah, but if yeah, yeah. That doesn't work either. Squatting. It's like, it's like, like if there was, because I'm sure they could, I mean, had they really thought about, like, it might just be something they didn't, like, oh, we're yeah. making an exercise thing. And I mean, once, yeah. I think I'm guessing once you kind of get farther in the game, you'll have enough options of things yeah. to do, maybe. I don't, I haven't played it enough to know, yeah. but yeah, I, there's definitely might be a sh- little bit of a shortcutting yeah. there because yeah, I, certain I exercises wish... people need modifications to certain exercises, yep. and I mean you can probably figure out how to keep the game moving. Like you can fake the jogging if you like, but I mean it's yeah. defeating the purpose of the game. But you can you can move the device in a way that tricks yeah. it into thinking you're doing the thing. But of course, it'd be better if there's just a built-in way to modify. The yeah, thing or I whatever. Just, I just but, wish I had that option. Um, because I, I really did enjoy it. Um, like I, I spent, I don't know, the first four months of the pandemic trying to get one. Like I had like alerts and stuff. Cause for a while, man, you could not get a ring fit to save your life. Right. Um, and then got one. I was super excited. I went and played it. I'm like, this is really cool. And I like had that same experience that you did where I was like, this is really neat. And then I'm like, oh, but, um, right. you know, so I haven't played with it much since then, which is kind of a bummer, but, uh. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe someday I'll get new knees and, and we'll try it again. <laughs> yeah. All good. Anything else you've been playing, Dylan? You've just been getting buff. Um, are you going to be ripped? Like, next time I see you, you're going to be like, Whoa! Probably. No, I don't think I get ripped. No, my natural, right. uh, My natural state is thin. Nothing wrong with long and lean, it. Dylan. Yeah. Yeah. It, trust me when I say it, it beats the alternatives. Uh, let's see. What have I been playing? Um, mostly Prey and Stardew Valley. <laughs> like, I, I feel bad because it's literally the only thing I've played for like... Like two months. <laughs> two or three months, yeah. Um, I think I'm pretty close to finishing up Prey. Um, like, I'm I'm kind of at the end game. And my God, it's so hard. Like, I'm out of ammo. I don't have... Like, it's really hard. Um and I'm playing it on like super easy, don't kill me mode, and it's still pretty hard. So I, I think I'm I'm rounding that out though. So hopefully we'll get prey out of the way because there's like I don't know six or seven games that came out on Game Pass last week or you know over the last two weeks I guess that I really 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 want to try. So I'm I'm worried that if I don't get prey done soon, I'm gonna try some other game and then just never come back to it. And I I think I'm like. 85, 90% of the way done, so I just need to, like, I buckle down and play a video game, Dylan. That's what I'm saying. Uh, you know, it is what it is. Stardew's Stardew. I just keep Stardewing, so I'm, I may Stardew forever. I'm not sure. Stardew it. it. Yeah, Stardew it forever. All right, let's talk about our patrons, Dylan. These are the fine, Woo! fine folks who uh, who actually are getting a little, like, I, I, will, I will admit, um, I am very bad at sending out stickers. I am, I'm like pretty bad at all of our patron level stuff. Um, I think after I move, I need to kind of look at, look at it again and maybe we'll adjust some things. But right now, like our, our patrons get our podcast earlier than everybody else. Right. It's, it's like a little bit of a feature. And, and unfortunately up until today that Dylan's got a mug that says hubby on it. I I'm sorry to interrupt my spiel, but anyway, uh, you know, up until today, getting the podcast early, (sighs) Yeah, meant that uh, you usually got it like 
seven hours, hours before everyone else. Uh, but we're actually going to move our uh, recording days to Tuesdays now. Um, and so you'll actually get it like a full 30 hours before everyone else. So so I'm recording right now on Tuesday. You will hear this on Tuesday. All Everyone else has to wait all the way till Thursday. So that's a, that's a reason to uh, join our Patreon. I believe everyone gets access to them early. So you can join the dollar tier and, uh, and still get these podcasts early. So new, uh, it's not a new feature, but it's just like a better feature. Our features are improved, Dylan. That's what I'm trying to say. Anyway, if you are a $10 patron, we say your name every uh, episode because you're kind of the folks that keep me talking like i can see dylan right now i can see how buff dylan is from all his ring fit adventures uh and and that helps us podcast my god he flexed and it was like just going to the gun show uh anyway thank you to john tippins sean palmer austin palmer alan schulte and joe cole jr your support and the support of all of the patrons means a lot to us if you'd like to be a patron you can go to patreon.com slash bite me podcast and uh you know like i said spend a dollar get the podcast a little bit early thank you dylan News. So you were not here last week, Dylan, because you had to work, Ugh. which is fine, I guess. It's, you know, it's what it is. But are, are you up to speed on the, uh, the Blizzard lawsuit? I don't think it's possible to be up to speed at the rate I've seen what is going on. Um, it's so crazy, right? <laughs> it's like, it's one of those things where I just like, I've I've given up, I think. It's just like... I don't know. It's a lot. It's a lot. I think every day where I go on the internet, there's like new allegations, new responses, new anything. So we're going to talk like there's new stuff. So we're going to talk about it for a little bit, Dylan. So first off, um, you're going to be shocked to find out um, like this is so weird. Okay. So today Blizzard is like, like, so, so Activision Blizzard is a company, right? And then inside of that company, you have Activision, you have Blizzard, right? So they have their own kind of stuff, their own presidents, their own whatever. The president of Blizzard today, there should have been an earning call. And uh, and for some reason, he just decided that today was the day that he was going to spend, to choose to spend a lot more time with his family going forward and was just going to resign. Um, I, do you think that's a coincidence? Because that, that seems, that seems coincidental to me, Dylan. Um... The one thing science cannot account for is coincidence. So <laughs> it could it could be coincidence. It could be um, something else. But <laughs> so this is Jay Allen Brack. He's been with Blizzard for a, a lot of years, like a lot, a lot of years. Um, and just today decided that maybe instead of answering questions on an earnings call, he would just rather not. Um, so the new president of uh, Blizzard will actually be uh, Jen O'Neill, who used to work for uh, Vicarious, um, which I think are the, is that the people that Vicarious remade? Vicarious Visions? Yeah, Vicarious or, Visions. Yeah. That, yeah. They're the they're people the, that did Tony Hawk, the right? Remaster, yeah. Yeah. Remastered a few yeah. games, I think. So she comes from there, and then uh, Mikey Barra, who has worked at Microsoft for a number, number, number of years. Um, mm-hmm. Mikey Barra, I always think it was really funny because I, I'd only heard his name said out loud. Um, yeah. And so I thought his name was Mikey Barra. Or Mike E. Yeah. <laughs> like, his middle name was Elmore. Uh huh. And in fact, his last name is just Ibarra, Y B A R R A. <laughs> so, uh, Mikey Barra and uh, Jen O'Neill will share that president. They're going to be co presidents of Blizzard going forward. So, I don't really know anything about Jen O'Neill, but Mikey Barra really has always struck me as a pretty, pretty cool guy. guy. So, hopefully, hopefully, so the guy that do... resigned 
was not somebody under fire. Is that correct? Um, or I, is he I just do... like I'm. I'm done with this. I'm out. <laughs> he is, had been named specifically in the lawsuit <laughs> okay. um, concerning how he dealt with allegations made against um, uh, one of the people that was kind of infamous from the quote unquote Cosby suite. Um, and he was also on stage uh, there about 10 years ago, 11 years ago, there was a question at a BlizzCon panel where a, a, uh, a journalist said like, hey, is there any chance at some point in time we could make um, the characters in Blizzard games less openly sexualized and, and, you know, maybe make them cool instead of just like hot chicks in boob armor? Um, and they unfortunately kind of laughed her off the stage unfortunately and so he he was on stage when that happened as well so i don't think he is directly accused of harassing anyone but i think he is very Hasn't handled the situations the best very tangentially like he he is he is the person that probably should have been like he's like he literally he's been there for years and years and years and held a lot of different positions he's probably one of the people that if he wasn't harassing people probably should have spoke up at some point in time and said like hey y'all we have a problem here so Anyway, new leadership at Blizzard. Uh, also, at uh, so this is this is on the other side of the the coin uh, is is Activision, right? So Activision uh, a while ago hired not super long ago hired a new. Um, her, her title is she's the vice president for corporate affairs. She's the corporate secretary and the chief compliance officer. How many job titles do you have, Dylan? Because I just have one. Um, I don't know. <laughs> anyway, her name is Fran Townsend, and she, uh, like, before she came to Activision Blizzard, she actually worked um, as a, uh, in the, she was the president for Homeland Security and Counterterrorism during the Bush administration. I believe she also worked for the Trump administration. And I just wanted to, to read, like, two things that, that she has been quoted as saying, uh, or, or maybe just one thing that she is quoted as saying. Um, but before we do that, I would like to tell you what Blizzard's like, um, what, what, what I want to call it. This is Blizzard's um, corporate values. So, you know, if you've, if you've ever worked for a company, you've probably been involved in writing one of these. It's the worst thing you could ever have to do because they're all lies. But that's fine. doesn't matter. Here's Blizzard's corporate values, Dylan. Great ideas can come from anywhere. Blizzard Entertainment is what is today, what it is today because of the voices of our players and each member of the company. Every employee is encouraged to speak up, listen, be respectful of other opinions, and embrace criticism just as another avenue for great ideas. So I think that last sentence is the most important. Every employee is encouraged to speak up, listen, be respectful of other opinions, and embrace criticism as just another avenue for great ideas. Um, That's the weirdest motto I think I've ever heard. Well, <laughs> we'll talk offline about the one that I wrote or helped write for the company you work for, and and we can discuss if it's weirder because I'm pretty sure it is. Yeah. But anyway, neither here nor there. Um, so one of the things that Fran is is most um, most famous for, I believe, is being a torture apologist during the Bush administration. Um, her, her quote here is, regardless of what you think of the issue of whether or not waterboarding is torture, there were legal documents created and, re and replied upon by career intelligence 
intelligence officers who then implemented the program. There were very strict controls on the program. These people relied on them, and now to release them and subject these people, these career professionals, to a sort of public humiliation and then potentially of a congressional investigation will really make our intelligence community risk-averse. So she's famous for saying, like, waterboarding, it's, it's fine. We wrote some documents saying it's okay, so don't worry about that. And then on the heels of this, uh, this kind of... Uh, little issue we've had with sexual harassment at at, uh, at uh, Blizzard, she came out and says that it's just meritless. Like, the entire thing is made up, and they're lying, and it's bullshit. And so, of course, based on all of this history, Fran here got a lot of heat on Twitter. And so, so remember this, Dylan. Remember that... Uh, the uh, every employee is encouraged to speak up, listen, be respectful of their opinions, and embrace criticism. Instead of doing that, she's just been blocking every single person that is even mildly critical of her on Twitter. She didn't just that's that's how you embrace criticism, Dylan. Just block everyone. I, I think we should them. also remember her job is um, the director of. Uh, Chief Compliance Officer. So she's the, the, the President for Corporate Affairs, Corporate Secretary, and Chief Compliance Officer in charge of making sure that people are, like, compliant to things. Compliant. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. How, how do you even find yourself in this role from what you were doing? Like, I don't know, I don't man. Know, <laughs> the, uh, it, it happens. It happens. You'll also be shocked to find out that Activision Blizzard has recently hired uh, the, the, the law firm that they've hired to uh, protect them against this this California lawsuit is also like super heavy into union busting. <laughs> so they're making all the right decisions, Dylan. That's what I'm saying. All right, you ready? Yes. To, we're gonna we're gonna like finish up our blizzard here. Um, okay. We got we've, into all the horrible stuff last the week. The blizzard. Yeah, we we talked about all the horrible stuff last week. This stuff just becoming almost funny at this point. Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. There's there's two more blizzard things to talk about. Um, so Jeff Strain is uh, an ex-Blizzard employee. He's also the founder of ArenaNet and Unla Undead Labs. So ArenaNet makes... Um, oh, what do they make? Guild Wars from Guild Wars 2. And uh, State of or, uh, Undead Labs makes State of Decay. So this dude's local. He lives here somewhere. Um, and he... I, I, I wish I knew what his... his deal with ArenaNet is right now, but we'll, we'll get to that in a second. He says regarding this is my time at Blizzard left an indelible mark in my life and career that continues to this day. Most importantly, it showed me how abusive culture could propagate and self-amplify over time. How hardcore gamers only is a smokescreen for bro, uh, bro culture. How fostering a sense of exceptionalism inhibits people from speaking up because they should just deal with it if they love the company and its games. And how passive leadership that turns a blind eye can ultimately be the most abusive things at all. Which is... It's a pretty powerful statement. But he also says that unions were started in this country to protect workers from abusive, cruel, abhorrent, unacceptable, and illegal treatment from companies. That's their entire purpose. If this week does not show us that our industry colleagues, even the most entry-level QA tester, needs true support and baseless protection, I can't imagine how much worse it'll have to get. He also uh, went on to say that uh, he absolutely thinks that the company that he is in charge of right now should form a union and that he will accept that union you know, as as a as a bargaining unit that he has to deal with, which I thought was was pretty cool. The question I have is, like I said, I don't know what his relationship is now to the folks at ArenaNet. But do you remember about two years ago when two people from ArenaNet got fired because they didn't like kowtow to hardcore gamers on Twitter over a weekend? 
I do not remember that. But. <laughs> Essentially, a uh, I, I wish I could remember her name. I follow her on Twitter. She's actually a really good follow. Um, and so is the guy that got fire, fired. Um, ran into some people on Twitter over the weekend and just like kind of like we're, I'm, I can't take your shit right now. It's not it's it's not my day. Like, you know, it's the weekend. Like, chill out. Go away. It'll be fine. We'll figure it out. And another guy kind of and got just like dog piled on. And uh, another guy came to her defense and they they fired both of them on Monday <laughs> after like a bunch of gamers kind of called for them to be fired because they weren't respecting, you know, Arena Nets like hardcore fans. Um, and so I kind of I'd, I'd kind of like to see. Maybe if they still had a job, if, if they'd had a union, but neither here nor there, right, I suppose. Uh, all right, final blizzard is, so this one, this one's kind of, I don't know, there's a, 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 so you're familiar with penetration testing, right, Dylan? Dylan? Um, Passingly? Maybe? So essentially what it is, is you hire companies to hack you. So oh, you sure, say, okay. I've got this stuff, and you hire a, a a penetration company, you know, they're essentially white hat hackers. And, and the people that do that professionally are, are called, um, pen testers and, penetrators. Uh, penetrators. And so there's this, uh, a, a pen tester, her name's Emily Mitchell. And she went to, uh, essentially a job fair that, uh, that Google was having. And, and granted she, uh, she was wearing a shirt that was kind of, um, I, I like I, I would never want to blame someone for um, for you know wearing a shirt that got them in trouble. Like it's it's you know it, it it feels like to even bring this up feels very much like well she didn't want to get raped she shouldn't have worn such a short skirt kind of thing. But she was wearing a shirt that said penetration expert, and mm. I think that the the correct response to that as a corporate employee would be to go a <laughs> nice shirt that's funny. Um, the people at the Blizzard booth. Um, Asked her, like, is, are you here with your boyfriend? Um, or asked her um, the last time she wanted, asked when the last time she was personally penetrated, if she liked being penetrated and how often she got penetrated. <laughs> um, so, so like, funny shirt, you laugh, you go, ha, ha, ha. You probably don't don't say that anyway so years later she now works at a a, as another company um as their i think chief operating officer and uh blizzard tried to hire them to uh to actually do some testing for them and uh her ceo said I got this. You know, you, you told me the story and sent back a, an email to them and said, rather than the dismiss you and tell you that we'll not do business with you, we'd like to give Blizzard the opportunity to redeem themselves. We're committed to combating inequality. and I'm calling on Blizzard to do the same. As you may or may not know, today is International Women's Day. And in honor of this day, we're attaching a few conditions if Blizzard wishes to do uh, business with us. One of those things was a 50% misogyny tax on anything they did. And they and they were going to donate it to a bunch of different uh, girl and women in tech industries. Um, you know, they wanted them to, a formal letter of apology and blizzard just wrote back and said like hey thanks for letting us know about this um have a great day <laughs> blizzard's blizzard looks bad man they don't they don't look good they don't look good at all i don't know tell me about your hat dylan it's got an adorable fox on it can we talk about that for a minute it says fajal raven yes it's all that matters uh, it has an arctic fox on it i love it all right so stories of the day blizzard's a cesspool Dylan's got a great hat. That's yeah. all that matters. Remember that. Don't wear a shirt that says 
penetration expert. Yeah. I kind of want to get that shirt now, though. It, it is. Way. It's a. It's a really cool shirt. Yeah, but all not, right. Not in public. Yeah, not in public. Because you can't you, trust people. You just can't trust people, Dylan. You just can't yeah. trust people. Did you play the Outer Wilds? I did not. Oh, see, that's awesome, Dylan. Because this is your opportunity to play the Outer Wilds. <laughs> that's the one that's not Outer World. That is that's absolutely right. true. You should probably okay. not play Outer Worlds. It was yeah, not I don't think I want to. Great, but, but Outer Wilds. I, I might have actually downloaded it with the intention to play it soon, though. Okay, just wait. Just hang on. Don't do it yet. Okay, I'll wait. Because they're getting DLC in September. Normally, I don't talk about DLC on this podcast because whatever. And I, like, I don't know if I've ever bought DLC before, but I'm absolutely going to be buying this this DLC. So if you don't remember Outer Wilds, it's kind of a it's like an exploration game. It's a you, you go out into space, and then every oh twelve minutes or seventeen minutes, the sun in your universe explodes <laughs> and resets the game, and you have to go explore again. And so you're you're solving this puzzle like seventeen minutes at a time. And uh, the DLC, which has been described as its first and only expansion, uh, was announced at the Annapurna Showcase last week, or maybe earlier this week, probably last week. Um, it, there's not a lot of, of detail on it at all, but it is coming out next month. So it'll be out in September, and apparently it's going to weave directly into the existing world and narrative. So it's not going to be like a you beat the game and then play the DLC. It's going to be DLC that is actually becomes part of the game. You don't so, even know it was added. Yeah. So so man, if you've not played this game, Dylan, this is the perfect time for you to play it because uh, I mean, I think both Colby and I picked Outer Wilds as our game of the year in I'm going to say 2020 probably. I think 2019 was Red that Dead, right? right? Yeah. So, I mean, Outer Wilds is so good. I don't know if I've ever played a game that had so many just like, oh my God, can you believe that moments? Like, just as things, you know, you'll you'll go here and you'll go here and you'll go here and all of a sudden all these things will piece together. Um, I'm actually kind of excited because I think it's actually been just long enough that I have forgotten everything so I can I can go back and I'm going to play it again. Like, it's, it's that good of a game. So... Outer Wilds DLC. If you haven't played it yet, just wait. So wait, Dylan. Wait. I'm waiting. And then go play I'm it in September. wait. <laughs> Such a good game. All right. How about Half Life Two? Have you played Half Life Two? Very briefly. <laughs> you were very young when Half Life Two came out. Probably. Right. Yeah, I don't assume. I played it on Xbox when they had the orange box. Yeah. Exactly. But not a lot. To me, Half Life felt like. A thing that I just missed because I was so young. Probably by the time it it came out on Orange Box. It really wasn't interesting. Like, maybe it was if I played through it, I might have liked it, but it did not really grab me. The way something like Portal did, where Portal was just amazing. I think the thing is, is Portal is still amazing. not that to me, right? I mean, that game came out in uh, 2004. Like, (laughs) Half-Life 2 came out on my birthday in 2004, Dylan. Wow. Half-Life turned, turns, uh, let's see, Half-Life will turn 17 this year on my birthday, and I will turn 44. So that's that's the difference between me and Half-Life. <laughs> anyway, long time ago. That's a, I mean, that's a 17-year-old game at this point. So yeah, absolutely. Even, even when Orange Box came out, which was probably 10 years ago, that was probably still a 7-year-old yeah. game, so absolutely. Um, the good news is that if if what's kind of turned you off from Half-Life is what it looks like, which I think is is fair. Like, that game looks good, but it doesn't look spectacular. 
Um, it's actually getting remastered. And the interesting thing is it's not getting remastered by Valve. It's actually getting remastered by a guy who had already made um, a, uh, a, a, a like a mod that updated it called uh, Half-Life 2 Update Team. Uh, or I'm sorry, Update. Excuse me, not Update Team. Uh, and so, like, this is something that he released, like, six years ago. Um, it's, it's huge. It's, like, a big update that redoes all the textures, a bunch of lighting. Um, but apparently Valve gave him the okay to just remaster the entire game. And I believe sell it, which I think is interesting. Which, I mean, this is not the first time Valve did, has done this. They did the same thing with, with the original Half-Life. Um... But it's going to include the entire base game plus episodes one and two completely remastered, probably in the the latest version of like the Source engine that uh, Half Life Alex was built on. So it's going to be good looking, and it'll be kind of I don't know. I that might be enough to get me to go back and try it again. I've never beaten it. Um, I've just played a lot of it a couple of times. So I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Would you give that game a shot if it looked pretty, Dylan? I think so because honestly, that. Would probably be one of the big turnoffs right? because there's just so many games you can play. So for right? a game, especially like a and like a first person game has to look good, absolutely. Because there are first person games that look good. Yep. So it's just like if a game comes out looking like I don't know, I'm <laughs> seventeen to years of, old, like, <laughs> like GoldenEye N64. It's just not. It's just not yeah. gonna cut it. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, First-person games are probably the one genre that, I, to me, really relies most on having to look good. Yeah. Uh, any other game, I think you can slip on the graphics a little bit yep. or go with a different style. Um, but I, I don't know. It may be an, like it doesn't immediately intrigue me, but I don't know. Maybe I would give it a try and. Because I, I imagine if it was that popular, there's a reason for it. It has yeah. there's something to it that is probably worth playing through. The the downside is is what really made that game cool at the time was were its physics, um, and I don't know if that's as exciting anymore. So right, uh, had a good story too though. It's it's definitely definitely worth trying. Um, I liked it a lot. So we'll see. It's not a game I'll pay sixty bucks for, but if that's a game I can pick up cheap somewhere, that might be even might give that a go. Uh, all right, let's see. Uh, so you you have a, a, a graphics card that works, so you're not trying to buy a new one. I have a, a graphic card that works okay. I am trying to buy a new one, um, but I've just given up and figured that it's just a loser's game that I'm just destined to never get a new graphics card, Dylan. So I bought one of those Steam, uh, like, I don't know, the Valve uh, switches. I don't remember what they're called anymore. The Steam... Deck? Steam Deck? Does that it? sound right? Steam? Yes. Steam Deck. I bought one of those, so it'll be here sometime next year. I'm getting that instead of a graphics card. Um, but if you, you know, if you, like, let's say your graphics card dies right now, or you just really, really, really want a new one, you got stuck with something crappy last gen, and, and you're looking to get it uh, a new one, um, one of the only ways you can get one right now is, is buying a used one. And buying a used graphics card right now pretty much means that you're buying something that somebody was using to mine cryptocurrency with <laughs> and uh, and doesn't want to anymore. Apparently, um, as like Ethereum has kind of gone up and down and also as China has introduced a lot more regulations around uh, Bitcoin mining, um, China went from being the like number one place in the world to mine Ethereum uh, and dropped to number three. And so there's a bunch of people right now that are trying to liquidate graphics cards online in an attempt to 
make up some of that cash they're losing because they can't mine Ethereum anymore. And uh, a, a company, let's see, who is it? Uh, Polit Microsystems. P P A L I T. Do you think that's Polit? Poli? Polit? Polit? Yeah. Polit? It's a weird name. I don't like it. Polit? Maybe. Um, and they say that they've done some benchmarking and found that every year a uh, graphics card is used to mine Bitcoin or Ethereum or whatever, you actually lose about 10% um, of its original performance. So not not only will they probably have a shorter lifespan, but they actually will not work as well. So it's one of those things where if, if you want to, if you're trying to buy a used card, like you, you really may end up with something that doesn't, uh, perform as well as it could and may have a, a way shorter life. And they said that the the easiest way to tell, like, because it's hard, like, because sometimes they'll still have the boxes and all that stuff, um, is if it looks like it has a non-standard um, fan on it. Like, that's the best way to tell because a lot of them, the fans break and they replace them or they put a bigger fan on them so they can run them hotter. <laughs> uh, but, like, overall, like, it, it really just sounds like the risk of buying a card that does not perform the way you think it will is pretty high buying used GPUs. So you might just not wanna, you know, just 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 maybe just don't, don't do, do it. it. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. Unless you don't have any other choice, in which case I guess just do it. Know that it's a big old like spin of the roulette will. You know? Just just get a ring fit instead. Get a ring fit instead. You can be buff and don't care about the graphics. That is if I've learned anything, Dylan, it's like, don't work for Blizzard, get Dylan's cool hat, get a ring fit, don't buy a used GPU. See, I just say, I don't mind 1080 graphics. Right? That's, that's it's fine. fine. It's fine for me. So I was reading this week about new computers that are coming out, new monitors, that'll have a 420 hertz refresh rate, or 480, some, somewhere in the 400s, and I'm like... It just doesn't. It just doesn't, Dylan. I can't. Right. I can't get excited about. I just can't. <laughs> like right. I have a. I have a fourteen forty monitor, but it's mostly just because I need space to work. Like I still run most of my games at ten eighty. Like yeah. it's fine. It's absolutely yeah, fine. It's fine. I don't know. I, yeah. So, <laughs> so I got. Uh, remember when I got my my lights that make my TV light up and mm-hmm. stuff? Super cool. Still love them, but I had to get a box that. Uh, that you know controls those and so i can't use the smart functions on my tv anymore because they don't feed through through hdmi so you you lose all your smart functions on your tv so i'm like that's fine i've got a chromecast and so i I started using my chromecast i'm like chromecast works great like it's kind of a pain to do it from my phone though and uh and so i went to buy i'm like well what i'll do is i'll just buy a an Amazon Fire Stick because those support, you know, like they've got a little teeny remote with them. I'm like, that'll be nice. And so I went to buy one and they're like, hey, if you have 4K TV, you probably want to buy our 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 4K one. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense. And so I bought the 4K one. And it was at that point in time I realized that my Google Chromecast does not support 4K. I have one of the old ones. Right. So I've been watching like 1080, probably non uh uh, what do they call the the fancy color thing? Um, uh, you? No, 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 no. Like the oh shoot! It's it's like the thing that makes your blacks blacker and your whites whiter and your colors more poppy. Um, HDR. HDR. Thank you. Yeah. So I've been watching all of my my TV 
in 1080 without HDR for a number of months, got my HD thing that now supports all those things. I honestly can't tell the damn difference still. <laughs> right. It's, it's one of those things that's like, there's so many things in the chain that somewhere you're losing the, what the it's <laughs> right. I don't, I don't 1080p is fine. I got old eyes. Like it's fine. It's absolutely fine. Like, you can tell the difference between SD and HD. Absolutely. After that, yeah, you can tell the difference between this TV and that TV. Like, yeah. that TV looks better. That's fine. And I think you can genuinely it, tell the difference between a, like, 4K UHD TV and a 4K OLED TV. Like, OLED is kind of a game yeah. changer. It, um, it, it, to, I would agree that that's probably one of the only things that kind of gives you that sense it's not as substantial as moving from sd no, to hd but no. but it is something like that yeah where i think that to me that is the interesting technology yeah um other than that it's like i can't i'm not gonna get excited about it no like and oled's just, so damn expensive right now that right like, yeah and it, it's not that no it's not worth it it's for me pretty to spend but it dollars on a tv right it doesn't change my enjoyment that substantially I, I i'll be honest i probably will buy unless it comes down really significantly in the next i don't know two or three years i'll probably just end up getting a bigger tv um, right because bigger for me means that i can see it better from a distance with my right. old man eyes <laughs> so i know well, i think i'm pretty maxed out i got a 65 inch tv in my car i don't think i can get a 70 inch tv yeah, in there if, I, if so, I get bigger it um, has to be delivered <laughs> right I don't know, I'm looking at 85-inch TVs that are coming down to the price that I paid for my 65. I'm like, hmm. right. Well, that's what I'm wondering is like, I paid, I think, 700-ish dollars for my 65-inch TV, right? That seems like the right price. Yeah. So I'm probably not going to spend more. So once yeah. there's a bigger OLED TV for about $750, yep. then I'll get that one. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. this one's pretty good for now. It's just I'm not, fine. I don't think the advances in TV technology is not going to be substantial where I'm going to spend any no. any well, more money. And I like, can't imagine that 8K is going to be the, the technology to jump on. So No, because no. it, it's just going to be... Is it... Is 8K... It's probably only two times bigger. Or is it... Is it four times bigger than I don't 4K? Know, man. I don't know. It's, I think it's, it's four times bigger than 4K. It could be. So now you're just, you're having, you're going to be just ridiculous. Like, <laughs> you're going to eat through your data yeah. immediately. And there's no content for it. There's no content right. for it. So. And it doesn't, it's not going to be noticeable unless you have a movie theater, like a theater <laughs> screen, I don't think. So no. it's like, no. why? Yeah. All right. Uh, so let's talk about cheating, Dylan. Are you a dirty cheater? No. Good man. Good I've man, Dylan. I've not cheated in a video game since Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> so for Vice City, I believe, I actually had a, a cheating disc where you could... Oh, really? You'd, you'd put that disc in first, and then I think you didn't close the top of your PS2, maybe? And then once once that was loaded, you pulled it out and dropped in your... 
uh, oh, your, weird. your Vice City disc and then close the lid. And it like preloaded a bunch of stuff that like hacked the game so you could like get unlimited ammo and unlimited weapons and added a bunch of like weird like you, so if you push up, up, down, down, left, that'll give you God mode. And <laughs> yeah, it was real weird. Wow. Um, but like that's fine. If you want to cheat in your single player games, you cheat away. I'm talking about online gaming. So we talked uh I'm going to say a week or two ago about a guy who had threatened to not even threatened talked about releasing um, a cheat for a game that I do don't remember it's it was some some game by Activision I believe and Activision told him that if he you know if he did it he'd be in trouble and and Colby and I were kind of thinking like what do you get in trouble for 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 putting out a cheat like that to me is it's not a victimless crime you know obviously but like I, I can't imagine it's against the law to make cheat software right um and so there's a company called ring one and they sell um cheats via subscription so now here's here's the first thing this subscription costs 25 dollars 25 euros a week so like a euro 25 euros a week is probably like 18 bucks a week so you're talking like 80 100 dollars a month would you pay 80 to 100 dollars a month to cheat to get aim bots for rainbow six siege dylan because like i i can't imagine that that's I'll, a negative although one thing you do get is something they call a long knife and i like that because it's it's just a, a knife that lets you stab people on the other side of the map i, I like the idea of a long <laughs> a knife, long knife. <laughs> um for 30, i'm almost on board with that that's right funny. <laughs> for 30 euros a week you can get destiny 2 hacks which include like aim bots infinite ammo um, and you can uh, you can get these same packages for Rust and Apex and Call of Duty and Tarkov and, and all these different games, right? Um, but like they cost at, like money. It's so weird to me. <laughs> That's um, so weird, right? And so on July twenty third, um, Bungie and Ubisoft both filed a lawsuit against Ring One. And uh, the interesting thing is what they actually get. Uh, you know, there's no. It's not like they're calling the cops. They're filing a lawsuit. And uh, the what they're saying is that it impairs and destroys not only the game experience, but also plaintiff's overall business and their reputation among their respective player communities. So essentially what they're mm -hmm. suing him for is you make us look bad in our own game and you make the experience worse for everyone else, thereby lowering the value of our game. And I'm like, yeah. ah, that's what you do it for. Yeah. My favorite yeah. part of this, though, is the usernames of the people that they're suing are Crypto Overpowered and Berserker. <laughs> of course. <laughs> the most stereotypical right? names you could possibly come up with. Anyway, kids, don't cheat. It's dumb. Dylan, yeah, where are we going next? If you cheat, go get a new hobby. Right? Or get better. Or just play single player, man. It's cheat like, to your heart's content, like, yo. I'm fine being bad at something. <laughs> like not. it like well like if you're bad though you're gonna go play something else right or you're going to just have fun being bad it's so like, weird it's so weird it's like, i do not get it i don't know yeah I don't know. I don't know i don't know anyway what are we doing next hey yo Vinny, it's time for your question thank god you're here man like i like Colby does a lot of things well, but his Vinny intro is is lacking. That's what I'll say. <laughs> he doesn't sound anything like Vinny. You sound exactly like Vinny. 
Exactly, exactly like, like Vinny. All right, Vinny has a, a, a he has a question, and then he has a, a a very long comment after the question. But I, I'm going to read his comment too because I think it's important to the framing of his question. So his question is: mm. If you saw or paid attention to any of the Halo Infinite multiplayer flight this weekend, what did you think? From what I saw, and by he means by saw, he means played obsessively every second it was available. Uh, the game seems to be receiving overwhelmingly positive reviews for the weekend. Do you think it will come out this fall and be the big heavy hitter? next to Forza that people have been looking for from the Xbox and what are your personal opinions? I know you're not the biggest Halo or FPS fans, but what are your thoughts uh, coming out of this flight and are you personally interested or excited to try Halo Infinite this fall? And then his, his comment is, sorry for the long question, I played the test flight all weekend and obviously I'm biased, but man, it was the most fun I've had probably since the launch of Fall Guys and Sea of Thieves. The game nailed the Halo feel while still feeling modern. The one more match mentality was 100% there and the bot matches in the Academy, which is essentially a firing range with any gun in the game, will be fantastic for newcomers to Halo and help on board new players, especially since we'll have quite a few considering it'll be free to play. Sorry again, just very excited. Uh, did you did you watch any of that or, or give it a try, Dylan? I didn't really. Same. <laughs> um, unfortunately. Um, I guess that, I mean, that leads into my answer to the question because <laughs> I think unfortunately Halo peaked at three. Um and that's just it's fair it's fair right it, they have always been solid games like the game itself is very well crafted it feels good to play it um it's kind of like call of duty in that sense like they've nailed the formula for the game yeah um the limitation being that when Halo Reach came out, they had to add jetpacks. And when a game adds jetpacks, you know they're out of ideas. Because it <laughs> breaks the game, it ruins it, and I stopped playing it at Th- that There's point. nothing I like more in this it, world, Dylan, than your hatred of jetpacks. <laughs> yeah. It, well, it, it it breaks games. I, it, I hate it. Um, <laughs> and after Halo Reach, I've really been very uninterested in Halo. Sure. Um, for that reason, specifically. Um, I love... I mean, if you designed a game around jetpack combat, that's fine because your your levels would be designed with that sense of verticality. But um, I don't know; it's just not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not for me. Maybe this Halo is awesome. I would give it a try, um, especially if it is. Um, I mean, just a part of the Xbox experience as everything is now. So, um, I'll I'll play it, and I will happily admit. Um, if it is fantastic, if it has jetpacks, I will probably hate it. Um, <laughs> I do not know if it has jetpacks or not. I cannot confirm. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's I. Being a fourth grader, I think when Halo came out, it was bananas. Like it yeah, was yeah. the big deal. Um, I think it was probably the February after it came out because i it was a launch title for the xbox mm-hmm. or yeah. what or real close um, to or real close to i think so um my one of my best friend's birthday was in february and he got an xbox um and halo and that was pretty much a that was a pretty big deal i think because we didn't really have that at that point sure. um and i remember like the excitement around that it was really cool um and then halo really knocked it out of the park with like the multiplayers and and that thing and um 
I think I'm trying to think of what to kind of compare it to, but I think it's kind of like what we were talking about with Half-Life though, is other games have now that the physics have been invented. Yep. It it's not as impressive anymore. Um, So it would, it takes a lot to, to come out swinging um, and really dethrone other games that I think are just better. Um, I mean, I like the, uh, I definitely like the, uh, I don't know, the arena style of Halo multiplayer. Like, that's cool. However, I'm definitely, like, to me, something like Rainbow Six is way more interesting of a game with an objective and, um, I know, strategies around breaching buildings and things. It's like there's just so much more going on. Um, And I think Halo, I don't know, like, they add new weapons and I don't care. They added jetpacks, <laughs> and I don't care. Um, I liked when ODST did the, uh, I don't remember what the mode's called, but horde mode, whatever they called yeah. it. Um, I was into that. That was cool to me. Um, but I'll give this a try, and I will happily um, admit it is awesome if it is, in fact, awesome. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, Halo for me has always been kind of a... It's a game that when it came out on the Xbox, I played it. Same thing, you know, like it was it was the game to play. And I'd been a PC gamer for so long that it was kind of like, well, I've played this before. There's nothing there's nothing interesting or unique here. Right. Um, and I never quite got past that. Um, I've gone back and sure. beat Halo 1. Um, I beat it a couple years ago with my kid in co-op. And I, I really haven't played. I think I played a smidge of 2 and it was okay. Um I, I'm really interested in what a game like Halo can do in 2021, though. Like, it's, like, very deathmatch. Like, deathmatch is something that I haven't even thought about in a long time. Um, so it'll be kind of interesting right. to see how that is. Um, my thoughts about it is I've heard absolutely, that Vinny is absolutely right. I've heard fantastic things about um, the trial this weekend, the flight this weekend. People seem to really, really enjoy it, think just great things about it, and I think that is awesome. Um, I'm also yeah. a big fan. I hear the bots are great, and I'm a big fan of bots. Like, I would absolutely, if I can yeah. just fill a server full of bots and have me versus a bunch of bots, like, that is perfect. That's me and a couple friends with some bots. Absolutely into that. I just don't want to play with other people. Um, and I like the idea of the academy, which is like the firing range, so you can try all the different guns, because that's something that I think really helps me in, in games like that. So I think long story short for me with Halo, I will absolutely play the single player because it looks cool, and will probably download the multiplayer player play it once and never play it again and it's not because it's not good it's just because it's not me not for you yeah so that's fine but i'm i'm I'm, dylan i can't tell you how happy i am that that vinny's excited for it like it makes me so happy that vinny's excited for it so well yeah not to i mean i don't mean to poop on halo really but like that excitement makes me like i will play it because of that excitement because i'm like i'll 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 jump in and play with you like i'm happy to jump in and play with you and I will probably enjoy myself. However, yeah. if that excitement wasn't there, I <laughs> I probably would just play something else. Um, same. But but I mean I I hope if and if it recreates that feeling of what Halo was yeah. in two thousand four, whatever. I don't know when Halo and Halo two, two and Halo three came out because one. One Halo, yeah, and then yeah. Halo two and three shortly after, yeah. or whatever. Like I yeah. remember how it felt playing all of those for the first time. 
um, when they were just newly released. Kind yeah. of um, Halo two and three probably day one. Um, so like I remember that. So I mean, if it if it does, I don't know, come in with the next gen and yeah. really show us what's up. I'm I'm excited. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I'm, I'm down for it. I think it's great. Um, all right. Next question. Joe Coleslaw says, so you've already answered your favorite kind of cheese. Uh, shout out to Munster, Smoked Gouda, and Pepper Jack. Uh, my personal favorite is Harlsberg. How about you, Dylan? Mm, I definitely like Munster. And <sighs> there's one I can never remember what it's called. It's very good. It's like a... Cheese. It's just cheese, Dylan. That's fine. Do you mm. like blue cheese? Do not like blue cheese. Ha- have you had it outside of blue cheese dressing? Yes, and okay. I don't like it. We were talking about it uh, online with me and a couple of folks that we used to work with, and uh, said they I think hated it's blue- Mimolette. Oh, that sounds delightful. Just based um, on the name alone, it's like a, it's a like a hard, really hard, really orange, like cave aged nice. cheese. I think. Oh my goodness! Sounds good. If uh, if you do kind of like blue cheese, or you're not sure if you like blue cheese or not, uh, Colby actually one time took me to a restaurant in Salt Lake, and the appetizer there was like really thick cut uh, uh, potato chips. Like uh, I'm trying to think of what they call those. What do, what do they call the like super thick cut uh, kettle? Almost chips? like medallions. Yeah, yeah, or like kettle corn chips. Like but, yeah, like probably almost, kettle chips is what they call them. In, in at that restaurant, my guess is they made them at the restaurant. But you can you can approximate this with like a good kettle chip. You just take that and you get like a good blue cheese and melt it over the top of the chips. It's very very good. Mm. That's what I suggest. Uh, anyway, not to be a cheese podcast. Um, over the years and decades throughout your gaming history, what video games have you played that you would call cheesy? Either the voice acting is really hamming it up, or the animations are over the top, or the story just goes way off the top, you know, big tropes. Um, unlike at my new job, at the fact, I forgot he got a job at the Cheese Factory, so that's that's the tie-in. Oh my goodness. Congrats to Joe in the Cheese Factory. The gloves are Please coming off. Please send me cheese. I know. I went to look at the website of the place he works at. I'm like, that's some good looking cheese, man. Um, anyway, um, can you think of a game that you would call cheesy? I'm trying to think because I know there's definitely some games where the VO is just yeah, not yeah, yeah. there. And any any like, game with voice acting before cheesy, like right? 2000, probably. Yeah. Really. Right. Yeah, that might be unfair to pick on those games. But I think it's back um, in time when video games didn't have the. Uh, the budgets really to hire actual right. voice actors. Usually it was like, Hey, uh, can you grab the receptionist? We need someone to voice. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, I was actually thinking about this question, Dylan, and I know it's not your, your something you enjoy at all, but something that I really enjoy. I know Colby really enjoys is like movies that are so bad. They're good. Um, right. And, and that is a, that is a hundred percent a, purposefully or not that is a genre of movie and i absolutely and that is really not a genre of video game like games that are bad are bad like i don't think i've ever played a game that was so bad it was good for the most part right um to me i guess maybe i would lump cheesy in as like like to me like goat simulator is cheesy like it's a game that is like intrinsically broken and the only thing that exists is for you it's kind of a joke yeah like it's not it's not really like it's not a real game in the sense of yeah. someone had this like idea and like this is my magnum opus this is my big thing that I'm going to do but um, I uh, I'm going to make a goat simulator right 
Um, I think or, mostly uh, the thing I think is weird about that game is the game that that company be before. I think their name is Coffee Stain. Uh, like was really good. It was called The Story of My Uncle, and it was like a, a really really good game. Um, and, and then to like go into Goat Simulator to me was just kind of kind of weird. Have you ever played Who's Your ja- Who's Your Daddy? No, it's a PC game where it's co-op, and one of you plays a baby, and the other person plays the dad. And the entire goal of the game is to keep the baby alive as the baby tries to kill itself. So, like as the baby, you're like trying to dunk yourself mm. in, you know, a uh, thing of water with a toaster, or light yourself on fire, or whatever. As the dad, you're trying to keep it alive, but it's it's kind of a, got a goat simulator feel to it, where it's it's super janky, and you're like the physics are bad, the like the. Uh, like collision detection's really bad, um, and so it's it's very it's difficult to do because the game is so janky, um, yeah. and that, that I guess would kind of also work. But I, I think the thing is, is I just don't. Games are so expensive to make that very few people make. I, I want to find the game that's so bad it's good. Like that's right. That's 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 my new goal, Dylan. Is to find the game I that's mean, so bad it's good. Adam was showing me some of his clips of, uh, is it Yakuza Like a Dragon? Yeah, 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 yeah. That game does seem I think super that over the kind top. Of, yeah. That fits into that category where it's, it, it is cheat like it's cheese, yeah. like what, what's that's a going good point. on. That's I, a really so I guess point. that's probably a good answer. Yeah. Um, that game looks pretty wild. I don't know if I would really enjoy it, even though I like watching some of the clips were so wacky, like. It was funny, yeah. but I don't know if that's a game for me, but I think that fits into that category. I need to try it because I, I'm not super into the turn-based combat, but yeah. I, it looks fun. So, I don't know. I You might, I mean, it might be worth just playing part of it yeah. just to, until you kind of, until the joke's up kind of thing, but <laughs> it's it was wacky. Yeah. It was real wacky. I need, to, I need to spend some time in, like, the indie space and try and see if I can find the, the it's so bad it's good game. Like, the, the game's got to exist, right? I mean, if not, that's that's the game I'm gonna make. Dylan. I don't know. Maybe, maybe. I don't it, know. it just might not work as a game the way. Because like I hate movies like that too, but I understand that that is a there is an appeal to that. Well, um, and I think the, the the thing with that genre of movie is is you have to like part of the appeal of that is you you don't make that movie on purpose. Like <clears throat> you have to have a person who is just super Someone dedicated. Someone was passionate about that movie. Yeah. 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 And I mean, and a little bit of a budget, like not a lot, but a little bit, like you gotta, you gotta be spending right. a little bit. You of money need too. enough of a budget budget to be dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I'm going to, I'm going to, that's my new goal, Dylan, just to find that game. All right. Mm-hmm. Maisel nut wants to know, I, she says, I really never asked questions, but what do you think about the corrupt side of Stardew Valley? So I think this is, this is probably a, uh, a, this is a perfect question for you. Yeah, well, and it, I think it's probably uh, like a uh, what, what do they call those? Like something that's not like conspiracy theory, um, like mm. how Pierre is really the bad guy and not Jojo Mart, and how Mayor Lewis is using the tax money from the town for his personal use. So, I, I think that there's some. Have you you've, you played a little bit of Stardew, Dylan? A little bit. I didn't really get into it. Yeah, yeah, no, I get it. Um, it didn't quite have enough. Uh, I wanted it to tell me what to do just a little bit more and a little bit longer. Man, I tell um, you, every game in the world, I think that. I'm like, could you just make it yeah. so I don't have to have my phone open to play this video game? Yeah. That'd be great. Because I, I bet I would have would enjoyed would have enjoyed it quite yeah. a bit. But. Right? I, uh, I, I'm a, I'm, 
I'm a firm believer that if you're not going to put all that information in the game, then you as the developer should be responsible for yeah. creating the website that tells me all that stuff. Like, <laughs> right. you can't rely on fans to do it. Like, that's your job now, buddy. Yeah. Um, well, we don't package our games with uh, books that explain everything anymore. God damn. Like, I, I tell you, like, Stardew, it is... I, I play probably half that game on my phone. It's just like, it's just what you got to do. Um, I, I had not heard this particular theory, but I actually kind of like it. Um, if you go to Pierre's house, like, so he runs the, the like general store in the house. And if you get to be good mm-hmm. enough friends with him, first of all, like there's some, like there's, there's a bunch of little weird things in this game that I really enjoy. Um, like he's got this weird ass, like strange church altar inside his house, like this giant gold, <laughs> Like, I don't know what's going on in there. And they're like, yeah, so if you go there, there's people going to church. I'm like, why is the church in the house behind the general store? And why does it look like they might be wearing robes and like sacrifice people every once in a while? But like, there's also a part of the game where you can find um, something hidden in in uh, Lewis's house and you never find out what that something is but he's super mad because now like don't you dare tell his wife and now he has to find a new hiding place for it um, there's like a quest where like it's it's very obvious that the mayor and the lady who owns like the uh, it's where you buy like cows and stuff are having an affair like there is a quest where you go and find them the mayor has lost his underwear like his boxers and you find them in her bedroom and like he gets all flustered and nervous. Like there's a lot of weird stuff going on behind the scenes at uh, in Stardew, and I think that probably the probably the most disappointing thing about that game is that the stories of the people aren't fleshed out a little bit more. Like they all kind of yeah. always say the same thing. They don't to pay you. them off. Yeah, I, I really wish there was more. I wish that the, the characters had a little bit more character, to be honest. I wish that they, they had more things to say. Like, it, you know, you, you spend so much of that game uh, talking to people and building up your reputation. And to have them say the same exact thing every time you talk to them, every time you give them a gift to have the same reply. Like, at some point in time, it, it very much makes that not as rewarding as it could be. And I understand that that's like a lot of work and, and a lot of stuff, but I, I think I would have rather seen him add some of that interaction in than some of the other updates he's added. So I, I don't know if I was playing on PC, there's probably a, a bunch of like mods that would give me better player stories. But I, I like the idea that, that, you know, there that Stardew has like this dark underbelly that you just don't know about. <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, thank you. Mazelnut. Okay. Just a- it's just a big swingers club. It, I, I think the thing is, is it absolutely could be Dylan. It like it has right. that vibe, man. Uh, let's see. Prime fan wants to know what is your favorite video game character and why. Mm. Do you have a favorite character, Dylan? <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I, surprisingly, like. I don't know. I don't think I do. That's fair. That's fair. I uh, <clears throat> I would probably say the Henry from uh, from Firewatch is is one of my characters just because he felt so like re- I don't want to say relatable to me because obviously I've never like stopped my life and gone to be like a firewatch guy in a, a, for- in a forest uh, yeah. nor would I do that like that sounds terrible um 
but like it, he, like a lot of the questions that you had to answer to like there was always a, an answer that I felt like oh that's that's the right answer like that's I think I think so often when you're playing a game you and you know you come to those kind of questions so much of it is what's the answer that's going to get me to the ending I want or what's right. you know in a, in a in a in a world what would if I was the good guy what would be the answer there um, or if I was you know if I'm in Red Dead what's the you know, what's the answer that's not going to get me killed? What's the, you know, whatever. And I always thought right. in Firewatch that, I, I think that one thing that I was very lucky about is I, I played Firewatch the first time and I was recording it for our, our YouTube channel back in the day and it didn't record for me. And so I had to start the game over and there's all these choices that the first you have to make, like that are supposed to kind of set up the game. And I chose different ones because I wanted to see how it affected the game and it didn't at all. And so I very early right. in that game, I realized that, and I, I might've even like looked it up to find out if there, there was a difference between what I chose. And they're like, nah, there's literally there's, there's one path or maybe two paths through this game. And your answers are always just going to be your answers. And I always felt that that game was was cool that way because I always thought there was an answer that felt like if I was answering it. And because I knew that I could answer it for me, I didn't have to worry right. about getting the right ending or, or anything like that. So that, that's, probably, that's probably one of my answers. Um, there's also a... Uh, I'm trying to think of what his name is. Uh, one of the characters in Oxenfree, there's this kind of nerdy kid... Who uh, I also really always enjoyed because he's kind of mm. he's kind of a nerd and he's kind of like trying to be like a little bit rebellious, but also is kind of a wuss <laughs> and uh, like wants to push the envelope, but doesn't really exactly know how. And I always really liked his character either, but I, I do not remember what his name is. So <laughs> I guess I would just pick the cast of GTA in general. Oh yeah, right. Like, because, I mean, it's the game that I can actually, like, tell you about characters. Yeah. Like, there's this character in this game and this guy in this game and, and this one in this game. Like, a um, lot of memorable characters. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I think that's... I would say Grand Theft Auto Five is one of the few games where I really, really, really remember characters. Um, like, and remember, you know... Like, I mean, Trevor is a character that... I remember distinctly things he did and said. Like, I'm one of those right. people, that, like, once I finish, games just kind of, they become a, on like... the next. Yeah. Well, it's not even onto the next, but, like, I, I, for some reason, I'm this way with almost all media. Like, I watch a TV show, I, I play a video game, I read a book, and, like, I have this just, like, as soon as I'm done, like, my brain just, like, squishes it into this kind of, like, it's this fuzzy thing that you sort of remember a vague description of. Um, but I regularly remember, like, super specific plot stuff or specific character names or, or specific things that happen. They have to really be special for them to stand out. And I, I distinctly remember a number of things that Trevor did. <laughs> and I don't know if that's just because they were weird and shocking and not very video game-ish or if it's just he is such an interesting character and so interestingly written. So... It's good stuff. It is good stuff. Uh, all right. Next question is from our deacon. Thank you again, Rich. Rich, like, 
he was sick this weekend. And he still got our 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 podcast posted, Dylan, because he's he's a good man. He keeps keeps our website that's, running. That's very good, right? Uh, I was poking at some old games recently and wondered why some of them are so damn hard. Looking at you, Donkey Kong, why do you feel that games were hard in the past? Were they designed to be that way for replayability, or when you have less focus on the gameplay rather than the graphics as they do in today's current game? Like, why were old games just so difficult? So difficult. Um, you have you have thoughts? I got some thoughts. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely like the game was the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it was about the challenge. It was about the high score. Um, and I think probably thinking about older games and the fact that you were playing for a score is probably why yeah, because yeah, yeah. that that separated someone who's gonna score higher from someone who didn't yep. it's it wasn't so much that they were harder it's just you weren't actually very good to score that high <laughs> um like you were you were never even getting past the first screen on donkey kong yep. right um you didn't even know there was a second screen um that kind of thing so um i mean i think that's i would guess that that's a big part of it and i mean as as time goes on, you know what people want. There's just more games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's still hard games out there, but you you choose to play the easier ones because you're looking for a story game <laughs> or this kind of game or that kind of game. Yeah. Um, you're not after Cuphead or, um, I don't know, um, Super Meat Boy yeah. uh, and things like that. Um, I think a lot of it, too, um, is that so many old games were either originally arcade games or influenced by arcade games. And so the difficulty was there to get you to drop in another quarter. Um, right. But also that like video games were super short. Like it's, it's weird to go back and play a game with unlimited saves or unlimited quarters or unlimited whatever. And realize and that four hours or oh, less. Geez. Or I mean like two hours, 40 minutes. Golden ax was a game or, or double dragon. Both those games were games. I played a ton in the arcade and just like never had enough money to, like get through them because they were just like you just die like there's stuff you couldn't get past and then when you play those games with you know unlimited quarters essentially like i think golden axe is maybe 15 minutes long um double dragon is maybe 15 minutes long and so they were difficult because there wasn't a lot of length to them i mean even like mario brothers um if you know how to play that game right and you know where the warp zones are and you really practice like you can beat that entire game i would guess in I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes probably. Like it's right. not, it's not super long. So um, I, I think it's probably, they didn't have the ability to, you know, at first anyway, to make a right 60 hour game, you know? Well, um, I don't, what, that wasn't even an idea either. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Absolutely. Like, it was like, no, I'm making a game. Like yeah. this is the start. This is the end. Like you have to progress through these levels or. Yep whatever or you're just playing for a high score until you literally can't play and like in tetris for example like there's pretty much a limit yeah right like obviously the best of the best move at have reflexes that are just insane yep. but at some point those bricks are falling so fast that yeah it's like the game's over right absolutely. so absolutely um i i want to take it back just a step dylan have you ever seen the voice actor that plays uh plays uh trevor in the grand theft auto games yeah it looks just like he him. looks just like him <laughs> yeah uh i think like all three of those guys 
like look, look like they're voice actors just yeah. like him yeah look him up his name's steven Ogg. that's steven with a v and he looks yeah. shockingly like trevor <laughs> like a better looking yeah. version of trevor like right trevor not is, as yeah. mathed out exactly i was um, gonna say trevor that hasn't done quite as much math that's right. funny. That's super funny. All right. Next question. Uh, final question actually comes from Princess, Princess Megan. She wants to know what What do you think the top three? What are your What are your favorite elements of a video game? Like what is What are the three things that make a video game great for you, Dylan? Hmm. I have to pick three. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess top three is just what I mean. To me, it's about the gameplay. Sure. Pretty much, period. Um, I guess depending on the game, I like a UI that is not a pain yeah. in the butt. Um, that one is really... I, I've been surprised at how huge that is when... Yep. Like, when even just, like, navigating menus or how many menus it has to go through. Yep. Um, or if crafting is involved like how easy is it to actually get to the crafting menu and do yep. the thing because that's what i'm experiencing with the witcher right now yeah um, gosh yeah. i would probably like it better on the pc mm-hmm. because i'm guessing it's probably easier to to use the menus on the pc yeah but i want to play it on the xbox and i i'm literally not interested in crafting at all yeah and i honestly don't really like the fact that i have to repair my armor and weapons it sucks, because right? <laughs> it, it's just it's slow like it just takes too much yep. time um and that i mean that kind of just ties right into gameplay yeah. um it's just like how smooth is that experience there's stuff i don't really care about i mean at this point yeah i think there is some amount of graphical like graphics required mm-hmm. like it should just not look like poop, and it probably <laughs> um, should run reasonably well. Like yeah. it, it, I can deal with a couple bugs and yeah. kind of goofiness like that, but um, it should probably be on at a minimum. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I uh, I think it's interesting to me how how much my thoughts on this have probably changed over the last. Not many years, like like three, four. Um, I would say that I'm way more about story now, um, and and a, a big fan of like I'll call it accessibility, but just like the ability to take a game and and choose options that make it better for you. Um, Colby and I were talking about this the other day, um, and and I don't remember what game he was playing, but it it really struck me in Prey. Prey is not a long game. It's like somewhere between mm, 16 and 20 hours. But, like, I would have liked that game so much more if there was a Switch that just said, like, turn off all side quests. Like, they just go away. Like, I don't want to know about them, because as soon as I know about them, I have to do them. Like, I don't don't have any choice. But I just want a a button that says, like, turn off all side quests, and then Prey is a six-hour game. (laughs) Right. Um... You know, I, I really like games that have difficulty options. I like games that have good options around, um, uh, like, subtitles, that kind of stuff. I think that you're right. Probably something that matters way more to me now than has ever mattered before is, uh, like, UI in a game. Um, Prey drives me nuts because every time... So every time you go to your, like, 
inventory screen, I guess. Um, the mm-hmm. default thing is your inventory screen. And I almost never want to be on my inventory screen. I want to be on my map screen. And I don't, right. I've played a number of games like that recently where the default is not your map. The and thing it that you actually drives use. me nuts. Yeah. Um, whatchamacallit was that way? Um, what was that Ubisoft, like, Greek mythology game? Um, we both played it. It was good. Uh Phoenix Rising. Phoenix Rising is by default the 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 screen you got was your inventory screen, and then there was like a pretty significant pause when you switched over to your map. About halfway through the game, I feel I realized there actually is an option to make your map the default, but it, it wasn't mm-hmm. very obvious. It wasn't clear. Yeah, and so to me, like having a lot of options, having a very clean UI that is is customizable to how a person wants to play it. Um. Is, is really important, and I think that, that like, kind of, like, story gameplay comes... And maybe I like four things um, coming after that. You only get three. Yeah, that's fine. Um, <laughs> like, those things matter way more to me now, whereas, like, a bunch of years ago, I'm like, graphics? Graphics? Tell me about graphics. I need to see the latest graphics. And to me, it's just, like, yeah. all games look good these days. Like, it's very rare to see a game right. that looks like garbage. Um, there's a... A base level of graphics that we've hit, and and frankly, if games just continued to look like this, I mean, how many games have you gone in and just gone like, my God, this is gorgeous, you know? And it's not, right. and it's not just like AAA games either. Um, I'm trying to remember what that name of that game was. Um, it was kind of an indie. That's it's not going to come to me, but the, it, it was like an indie walking sim that I played that was shockingly beautiful like just absolutely gorgeous um and and they used the same thing that big triple studios do that that photomographery stuff I don't, it's not that's not what it's called yeah. but where you take a picture I of mean, a rock and map is. that into a, a rock you know and it's it it's photorealistic and that game came out three or four years ago and it was from a, a small like four or five man studio it's beautiful like i don't need anything more than that i really don't need anything more than that so I don't know. Uh, let's talk about cheap, free games, Dylan. Um, cheap. Cheap, cheap. Cheap, cheap. Cheap, cheap. Uh, first up cheap. is uh, Epic Games. So this month, this week, they're giving away a Plague Tale Innocence, which I have not played, but I heard is pretty good, if not a little bit weird and buggy. So, you know, I guess your mile may fail, you know, buried there, but it's free. That's what I'm saying, Dylan. Free. Three dollars. Uh, the other one is Speed Brawl, which is a 2D combat racer about moving fast and hitting hard. I actually kind of watched the video of this, and it's actually... I thought that when they said combat racer, they actually meant you were in a car, and you're not. It's like a platformer where your character moves really fast and like uses their momentum to yeah. kill things. It looks pretty good, actually. So check That's that kinda cool. out. That's kind of cool. Kind of like roller derby, but... Yeah, exactly. Platformer. Exactly. Uh, coming to Game Pass, on the 13th of August, we've got Hades. Um, on the 19th, we've got Recompile, which I've actually, don't, I don't know much about. I'm not sure what Recompile is. Um, August 19th as well, we've got 12 Minutes coming out. Uh, August 25th, we have Psychonauts 2. And then, uh, into, into September, we have Origami 2 coming out September 17th, and then Sable coming out September 23rd. I actually think there's probably going to be, maybe, maybe there won't be more than this announced, because that's actually a pretty good set of games coming out at the end of this month, but generally there are kind of two two releases of Game Pass games. You get one kind of the first of the month and one kind of in the middle. So there, there may be more games coming we just don't know about yet. Just don't Just know. don't know. Uh, and then finally, no, actually, almost finally, penultimately, 
I guess. Uh, we've got Twitch Prime games. So this month you can get Lost Horizon 2, um, another Lost Phone Laura's Story, Planet Alpha, a normal Lost Phone. I don't know if those two games are, are tied, but if they're not in some way tied together, that's very strange. There's that's two games funny. about Lost Phones. I don't know how I feel about that. Um, Indiana Jones and the Fate of Atlantis, which is actually a really fun like throwback game. That game probably came out in the 90s. That game's good. Uh, Metamorphosis and Secret Files Tunguska. Uh, so that's on Twitch Prime. You just have to be a Amazon Prime member to get those for free. And then uh, there's actually a... a uh, Itchio bundle out right now uh, that looks kind of fun. So there's kind of a saying uh, that kind of came out. I, I think it was originally a tweet that a, a guy said, I want shorter games with worse graphics made by people who are paid more to work less. And I'm not kidding. And uh, like, I think that's a, that's a, that's, pretty funny. that's not a bad thing to want. Like, I, I think that, that there's something to be said for short games that, you know, look good enough and uh, the devs can make them at a profit and you can play for a couple hours and just be done. And so there's actually a uh, a bundle right now on uh, Itch.io called <laughs> the Shorter Games with Worse Graphics Bundle. Um, it's got 28 different games from 25 independent developers and it starts at 20 bucks. So if you want to go get some short games that people uh, put some time into, that that's probably not a that's probably not a bad place to go. Apparently there's some pretty good stuff in it too. So so go check out that. Uh, bundle again the shorter games with worse graphics bundle on itch.io um i have like 2500 games on itch.io and i don't know if i've played any of them dylan i really need to <laughs> really need to spend some time there i'm hoping my steam deck will, will be able to load itch.io games so i can play them on my tv or on my little handheld thing that'd be fine all right you have anything else you'd like to uh throw out before we we wrap this up dylan i don't think so get a cool hat um yeah wear a cool hat Get ring fit. Get ring fit. Stay cool. It's uh, it's hot in a lot of places right now, Dylan. It's been really warm it's been here. Really warm. It hasn't rained here in forty eight days, forty nine days. It's supposed to rain though. It is. Yeah, it's supposed out. to. I think it's going to rain hard this weekend. I think we're going to be shocked yeah. at how much it rains. So yeah, yeah. we need it. We need we're it. Good. Is your lawn? Do you you don't have I'm, much lawn, do you? I don't really have a lawn, but my strawberries got scorched oh. when, the, when it was like 110 out. So a sad. So they kind of stopped producing. Oh, that sucks. And my lawn is just dead. One of the so I was actually so one of the things that Washington State is actually very famous for is Walla Walla onions, and they actually come from Walla Walla, Washington, Walla. <laughs> which I, I I like a lot. And they're they're delicious because there is no sulfur in the ground in Walla Walla. It got like scraped away by a glacier or something, I think. Um, and so. Uh, they have delicious sweet onions, and apparently it got so hot in Walla Walla that it baked the onions in the ground. So that's wild. It's the, I didn't see that. There will that's... not be Walla Walla onions this year, apparently, which is kind of a bummer. That's so really sad. I do like those. It's no good. Um, all right, so let's see. Finally, uh, if you if you like us. Um, you should follow us at bitemepodcast.com. You can also follow us on the social medias at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, slash bitemepodcast.com. You can be a member of our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash bitemepodcast. That was Dylan hitting his hat against his microphone. He's headbanging right now. It's great. Uh, you can come hang out in our Discord with us, ask us questions, tell us how much you love us in person uh, at bitemepodcast.com slash Discord. And that is it, Dylan. Bite me.